It's officially 2022. Welcome back, everybody, to Caleb's Kung Fu Cinema. I am Caleb, your favorite Kung Fu fanatic and your host, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely wife, Amber. Hey, guys. Yes, it's a new year. Yes, it is. It's um, it's finally 2022. This is our first episode of 2022. It's really exciting. We're going to be talking about a lot of really great stuff today. We're going to review a very fun movie that we watched earlier this week. It was really good. I, uh... I wish I had seen it sooner, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> like, because whenever we finally watched, it, I was like, it was so good, and uh, and it it had been out. Like, there were other ways to watch it, but I just waited for the Blu-ray. But you know, I, I at least we finally did see it anyway. But uh, yeah, this is episode uh episode thirty-two overall, first episode of twenty twenty-two. Uh, before we get into the main topic, like I said, there's a lot of other really cool stuff that we that we got to talk about first off, and uh, for starters, Cobra Kai. Season four is finally here. It's been out for about a week now. I think a week to a week today actually, as as of this recording, it's been it's been a full week. Um, but yeah, season four finally came out. We watched it. We binged it the the day the day it came out on Netflix on the thirty first. Yep. And uh, it was great. Yeah, that it, definitely was. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed season four. I did I did initially say it's probably my favorite season so far. Honestly, though, after thinking about it, I don't know if it is my favorite. I'm still thinking about it because <laughs> season one for me is a great example of like a perfect season. Season one was so good. Season four is great, but the more I think about it, the more I feel like that there are some things I probably would have done differently. Like some things probably weren't executed very well when it comes to season four. Um, but uh, it is it is very fun. Granted, it does feel like they're just killing time to the finale. I feel like that's kind of what they were doing at some parts because they just kind of rush through certain things. You know, they're like they're like we need to we need to get to the finale. That's that kind of like what everyone was waiting for. Everybody was waiting for the All Valley tournament. They wanted to see you know if Cobra Kai was going to win and stay in the valley and stuff like that. Um, however, there were a lot of a uh, a lot of twists and turns that happened in the show that I did not see coming. You know, um, and. Uh, you know, and we we get introduced to some new characters, and we get reintroduced to some old characters, namely Terry Silver. That was something that a lot of people were anxiously waiting for. Terry Silver is uh, is uh, something of like a very, I guess you could say, an enigmatic character because I remember I was not alive when Karate Kid Three came out. Obviously, that came out in the very late eighties. I was born in ninety three, but um, I wasn't alive when it came out. However. <coughs> I do remember seeing Karate Kid 3 for the first time and, and, you know, seeing Terry Silver and how over the top he was. And I remember thinking, wow, this guy is batshit crazy. <laughs> like there's something wrong. There is something up with this dude. He is very, he's very, very outrageous. And I wasn't the only guy who thought that back then, you know, back then everybody thought he, he was very like the, uh, the actor Thomas Ian Griffith, I know many people thought his his performance was very bizarre and the movie was not good. Even Ralph Macchio uh, himself has said, I think like to this day still, like he is not a fan of Karate Kid Three. He was not very happy with that movie. He wasn't proud of how it turned out, which is understandable. Yeah. Um. But uh. But then years later down the road, more and more people start coming out saying they love Karate Kid Three. 
And to be honest, I I like Karate Kid three. I think it's a good movie. I mean, it's um, it's it, it. There's a lot of fun to be had. There's a a lot of nostalgia. Granted, it's not as good as you know the original, of course, and it's even not as good as the second one. Like second one's not great, but it uh. It was. It, it's definitely. It's definitely probably like the second best movie. You know, it's like. It's like. It was one of those things that it was. It was like good, then fine, and then not good. You know, I guess you could say. However, yeah, Karate Kid Three is one of those interesting movies that, as time went on, more and more people started liking it. You know, one of the co-creators of Karate Kid, I believe it's um, Hayden Schlossberg. He said, uh. He he has said several times that he has loved Terry Silver since day one, right? You know, and and uh, I think I think many people I think many people at least the people who don't like that character or don't like Karate Kid three they probably you know wonder wonder what is it about that character that just kind of drew him that drew drew him to that or or drew other people to that character. But I mean, looking back on it, Terry Silver is a very delightful character. I I mean that, and you know just how just how into it he is, you know, like Thomas Ian Griffith, he, he definitely owned it. Like despite how, despite how, how crazy he acts in the, in the movie, he definitely owned the role. And in season four of Cobra Kai, I think he did leaps and bounds better. Like he, you know, he, uh, he, he was not as crazy, you know, he's definitely much more, what's the word reserved you know yeah. he's much more reserved although towards the end of the season he slowly kind of starts to turn into and I'm not going to say what he once was like not not the Terry Silver we all remember it's it's a very different Terry Silver but it's a much more it's a much darker portrayal and a, like he's much more he's a lot more like manipulative and conniving and and stuff like that. He's he's not as he's not as like wacky and outrageous and stuff like that. Right. But which again, that's something I did not see coming in, in in this season. You know, I'm really excited for season five. Whenever that happens, who the yeah. hell knows when that's gonna be? <laughs> um but yeah, Cobra Kai season four was very good. And it's only a matter of time before we sit through it again. We've already watched the finale for a second time. Yeah. We we do that. That's kind of like a ritual, you could say, or a tradition with us anytime the new season comes out. We don't immediately rewatch the whole thing, but we do go we do revisit the finale. Like we always go back and watch the last episode again. Just you know, just because of how crazy it, it is or you know or, or something like that. Cuz they I mean, each 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 uh, finale of each season is pretty insane. Like of of each one, you know, oh, yeah. season one we had a really great tournament. Season two we had the absolutely bonkers fight in the school, and then season three, you know, Johnny and Daniel fighting Crease, which was crazy, and you know, and then season four we get another All Valley tournament, which was which you know went in some unexpected directions as well as you know some predictable directions. But even even after the tournament, again, there's a lot of twists and turns. Even after the tournament, some other crazy stuff happens. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, we're gonna get into spoiler territory here for just a second. So if you guys haven't watched it, this is your spoiler warning. Uh, you know, Crease gets framed for for um, for a, 
assault, you know, assault and attempted murder, and now he's going to jail. Terry Silver framed him. Stingray is in on it, you know, which because he wants to be Cobra Kai. <laughs> oh, the links he will go to. And but anyway, you know, we also see the you know Tori. Tori is like starting to kind of develop a conscience, yeah. which you know I remember. I remember. I remember way back when Cal and I talked about season seasons one, two, and three. Uh, our friend Cal the Kaiju guy. You know, we ever talk, when we talked about Tori, we didn't like that character. You know, we thought she was she was a, she was just a nut. You know, which she kind of was, but she's starting to develop more. Yeah, in season four. And, you know, and we see that she's starting to have a conscience. And we especially see that, you know, whenever we find out that Terry Silver bribed the ref in, in the tournament, you know. So her, her her victory was not very legit. It was not without controversy. Um, you know, and then at, at the end of season three, Robbie, one of my favorite characters. I love Robbie. Um, season four. <laughs> no, I, I'm, on, I'm on season three for oh, a second. Um, you know, at the end of season three, Robbie joined Cobra Kai. Season four... You know, it develops, you know, you know, we, we see his darker side more, but at the end, he, him and Johnny, like, kind of make amends, you know, I mean, it's a long road, you know, we still got other seasons to get through here, but him and Johnny made amends in some way, and we're gonna, hopefully we're gonna see more of that in season five, which that was a great moment, I, yeah. you know, we, we love seeing them finally kind of come to terms with each other and, and hug it out and stuff like that. We both cried, didn't we? Did yeah, a little cry? bit, a yeah. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and and then and then you know, last but certainly not least, chosen is back. You know, chosen and Daniel are, are, are they're not teaming up. More like Daniel's recruiting chosen to help him. You know, and, yeah. and chosen's like, yes, I'm going to help you. We're gonna we're gonna take out Cobra Kai together. Um, which yeah, once again, we're very excited for season five. Whenever that may be happening, we know it's already been filmed. It's just a, really a matter of. When is it going to be released? Oh, we forgot to mention uh, Miguel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, damn, I forgot. Yeah, sorry, Miguel. Miguel is run away. He's going to Mexico to find his father, who doesn't know he exists. That's so, an interesting twist that they've yeah, taken. Yeah, I didn't think that they would take a turn like out of like karate. You know. Yeah, into you know him trying to in, yeah. into him like trying to find out about his past or you know find out more about who he is and that sort of thing. Yeah, you know, and Johnny, we know Johnny's going to go find him. Robbie's probably going to go with him, you know, so might see them fight some, some drug lords or whatever, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which will be interesting. Um, but yeah, season five, we are excited for that whenever it, whenever that does happen. We know it's been filmed. It's really just a matter of when is it coming out. I hope it's not Christmas time again or New <laughs> Year's time because I don't like how they did that with season three. They waited until New Year's Day to release season three, and then they and then season four came out New Year's Eve. Like, why are you turning it into a New Year's thing or a Christmas thing? Like, why can't we go back to when it was like a summer thing? It's our Christmas present. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but still, like, <laughs> I, I would like it earlier. I'd like it sooner than later. But, uh, but yeah, that is our, th those are our very brief thoughts on Cobra Kai season four. Uh, and to clear one thing up, yes, I did say I was going to do a cinema quick kick. That was going to be returning. I was going to do a quick kick and devote and devote. 20 to 30 minutes on Cobra Kai season four. However, uh, some, uh, some, some scheduling conflicts came up with work and stuff like that. And I just do not have the time. So I figured, you know what, let's just talk about it now and get it out of the way. And, you know, and, and again, it, it is our first episode of 2022. We, we do want that to be exciting and have a lot of, have a lot of other stuff to talk about. So, you know, I thought it was better. Let's just talk about it now. Cause I'm not going to have time the next week. And, uh, which is true. You know, I, 
I really only have one free day next week and yep. and it and that day is not free to this unfortunately but it is what it is so yeah those are our very quick thoughts on a uh, Cobra Kai season four before we get to our main topic we do have one more thing to cover and that is uh listener questions it's back yes Yay. uh the um yeah, listener questions is back. I tried doing this whenever we first launched this the the uh, the podcast, which has been over a year ago, and um, we actually did get one question that was back in episode two, I think, when we did spiritual kung fu. Chris was on that episode with us, um, but we did get one question, and then after that, we didn't really get anything, which is understandable. You know, not everyone has questions, but um, but we did. I, I I really wanted to bring listener questions back. We wanted to we wanted to be able to interact with you guys and answer your questions, you know, and you know, and, and just kind of, you know, get everyone involved with the show, like everyone who listens to us. Um, we did manage to get one question. Uh, we will not say who it is from. This listener has asked to remain anonymous, so out of respect, we will not say who it is. Um but uh the the uh the question that this listener has sent to us is uh who is your favorite member of the Venom mob and why? That's a great question. And uh I'll go first because it's it's it was super easy for me. Uh my favorite member of the Venom mob is uh Philip Quack or the Lizard, you know. And why is he my favorite? Basically because I feel he I feel on a skill level he was the best. They were all amazing. All six of them were fantastic as far as martial arts abilities go and stuff like that. They're all really incredible. Sun Chien, you know, the Scorpion, one of the best kickers I've ever seen, if not the best kicker I've ever seen. He's an, he's an incredible guy as well. Um, however, Philip Kwok, there's just something about him whenever I watch him. I don't know what it is. Um, his, skill is, his skills, he's also very versatile, you know, because in... In my favorite Venom mob film, Shaolin Rescuers, his character is great. His character is this guy who could turn anything into a weapon. You know, it's it's like um, you don't see him just using his hands. He uses a chair. He uses a bowl. He uses a pair of chopsticks. He uses a table. You know, like he he uses anything. It's kind of it's like Jackie Chan. You know, that's something Jackie Chan's been known for is like prop kung fu, using using ever using his environment to fight. And that's what uh, that's what Philip Kwok did in Shaolin Rescuers. Shaolin Rescuers is isn't an only example though. I mean, we just watched Crippled Avengers the other night, and that is an incredible movie. I love Crippled Avengers, and his character in that movie is blind, and um, and so he uses all kinds of really crazy stuff whenever whenever he fights. Like he's got his he's got a. He has a stick that he uses because, you know, he, he's blind. He needs it to get around. But we also see him using, like, uh, these, like, big rings and, like, doing all kinds of crazy acrobatics with it. So, yeah, I think I think on a skill level and a versatility level, Philip Kwok was probably the best one. He is definitely a standout. Um, and uh, and, he, and he's also done fight choreography for so many different movies. He is, he's just an incredible martial artist, incredible fight choreographer, and that's why I firmly believe he is the best Venom, and he is my personal favorite. Good so, answer. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's 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 my favorite Venom, Philip Kwok. So, I'll turn it over to Amber. Amber, who is your favorite Venom, and why? <laughs> um, all right, let's keep in mind first that I was not familiar with the Venom mob and all that until I saw it with you. So, mm-hmm. I've only seen... Maybe one or two, maybe three movies with them. When we did Five Deadly Venoms a couple months ago, that was your first 
Well, right. that was your first so one, but I've I had seen, already I had already seen several Venom Mob films. So, so I've seen I think two. So I think I've seen three in total since then. So yeah. With that out of the way, I guess I'm gonna go with Wei Pai, who is the, the snake. The snake. And I'm gonna pick him because you know I'm very familiar with the snake style and i hate snakes that <laughs> that has nothing to do with the snake style snake style kung fu is amazing but i i'm terrified of snakes <laughs> noted <laughs> but yeah i just i like the snake style um he does it very well and uh that's pretty much all i know about that so <laughs> his yeah i mentioned this whenever we defied Ellie venoms his version of snake style is very interesting because usually whenever you see snake style you the best example is Snake in the Eagle's Shadow, the mm-hmm. Jackie Chan film, which is my favorite Jackie Chan movie. Um, that's the best example because like the way he uses his hands, it's like you know his arm and his hand is like a snake. Um, you know the way he curves his hand like a snake's head, and it goes like straight down to the elbow. It's it's like a snake's head. However, Wei Pai snake style, his is like, excuse me, he uses. He's got both of his hands. Like one hand is like the fangs, the other one is the tail. Yeah. You know, which that's something you that you ha- don't really see. That 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 version of snake style is not very popular, right? Um, so that his ver like his Wei Pai is a snake style character, and Fidelity Venoms is very interesting. And then in 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 the film Invincible Shaolin, that's a great Venomoth film as well. He he uh his character does Wing Chun, which is really cool as well. And it's really interesting with Wei Pai. He didn't do many Venom films. He was only in four of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and there, there's actually six Venoms. There's not just five. Like, many people, like, only count him as, you know, they whenever they talk about the five Delic Venoms, he's the, he's one of them because he was the snake. But then some, I guess, I don't really know. This is probably not very fair to say, but I, some people probably forget about Chong Shang, you know, who was the hybrid we talked about him a little bit in, in the Five Daily Venoms episode. He was basically the main character of Five Daily Venoms. And um and he, he did way more movies than Wei Pai did. Wei Pai was not very uh uh this is probably not fair to say either. But uh <laughs> he was he was not quite on the level as far as like doing doing martial arts and the acrobatics and stuff like that. He was probably not quite on the level of the others. Lu Fang, Sun Qian, Philip Kwok, Chong Shang, that sort of thing, and Lo Mang. Um, uh, and, and, and he favored dramatic roles, you know, so he didn't do a whole lot with right. the Venom Mob film. He, uh, Venom Mob, the, the Venom Mob group, you know, he was only he was only in four films. He did Five Deadly Venoms, he was in Invincible Shaolin, uh, Ten Tigers of Kwong Tung, and The Kid with the Golden Arm. That was really it. But they did so many more other films after that, which unfortunately he was not part of. Right. Um, but that that that's an interesting choice, you know. I I mean I do I do like Wei Pai. No disrespect to him at all. He is he's he is just as incredible as the others, you know. So yeah, that's a that's a, that's a good choice too. But yeah, that's a, that's it for listener questions. So once again, sadly we only got one. But uh, you know, anyone else who's listening out there, if you guys have questions, please DM them to us. You know, because we are more than happy to answer them here on the show. And it could be literally anything. You could ask me and Caleb what our favorite color is if you wanted to. Like, it, yeah. <laughs> and if you want to be anonymous, please just say you want to yeah, be anonymous. Since so. we won't just say if you don't want your name on the show, we won't say it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, if you guys have questions, you can DM them to us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash cinema 9 You can DM us there. Or if you have Instagram, we're on there too. Just go on Instagram 
And uh, it is, uh, the account is at Caleb the Kung Fu Fanatic. I recently changed it. I mentioned that on the last episode, but I'll just make one more one more clarification here. I did change the Instagram name recently. It's now Caleb the Kung Fu Fanatic. So follow us on Instagram as well, and you can DM your questions there. I post on there a lot now. So, so yeah, that is it for uh, that is it for listener questions. So it is time to get into the main topic, and we are going to be discussing a very exciting film, a movie that was very good, and you know, and also kind of a in. in Unfortunately, this was this was a bit of a swan song, you know. So, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, we are going to be talking about Donnie Yen's latest film, *Raging Fire*. This is a uh, this is a very good movie. Um, didn't have as much fighting as I would have liked. Yeah. I'm just going to be honest. There, there was really only like three fight scenes. Two of them were very brief, and then the the but the last one, the very final fight scene, we'll get we'll get to there soon. But the final one was insane it only had three yeah basically i don't know if they didn't have like a little little bitty ones like in between i don't know maybe it didn't. i feel like there was maybe yeah, it like there was really only like three and two of them were very short like they were very quick. maybe because like one guy gets like punched in the face and then that's it that's why i yeah. feel like there's yeah you know. two of them were very short but the last one at the end would which yeah. again we're gonna dive deeper into that later but uh that that one at the end was very hard hitting and it was brutal in some in in some ways. So yeah, this is still a very good movie, and yes. and uh, we 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 loved every second of it. Um, so yeah, yeah, Raging Fire is the movie we're going to be talking about. Raging Fire that is uh uh, the, and the, this was also the last film, sadly, of a uh, of the uh, the late great director Benny Chan. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll jump right into it. Raging Fire was released in 2021. Uh, it was directed by Benny Chan, who was also the co-writer for the film. Fight choreography was by, uh, Kong Yu, and the film stars Donnie Yen, who is also a co-producer and the action director for the film, which, uh, being the action director, he undoubtedly also had a hand in the fight choreography as well. And, uh, then we also have Nicholas C. as our main villain, um... And, and Nicholas C. was a very frequent collaborator with Benny Chan. He worked several times with Benny Chan. I want to say Raging Fire, this film, I want to say this was probably Nicholas's fifth film with Benny Chan. I'm, I might be missing something. I want to say this is his fifth. This was his fifth film, as well as his final film with Benny, because unfortunately Benny passed away. Um, but he was in other, he was in other films with, uh, or he was in a lot of other films that Benny Chan directed, such as Gen X Cops, um, uh, New, New Police Story. I believe he was in New Police Story. Yes, he was. Uh, he was in New Police Story. He was in Invisible Target, which was a which is a great movie. And he was also the villain in Shaolin, which is also very very good. Um, but yeah, uh, he collaborated. Uh, Nicholas he collaborated. Excuse me with Benny Chan several times. Uh, but yeah, Benny Chan. Like I said, this was his last film. Very uh, before he very sadly passed away from cancer in twenty twenty. Um, but you know he was a he was a, an amazing director. Like I said, he directed New Police Story. He directed An Invisible Target. He he directed Shaolin. He also directed Who Am I with Jackie Chan. Or he was co director. They directed that movie together. But those are all fantastic movies. I love Who Am I. Jackie Chan has some 
really great stunts and fight scenes and who am I? And we, and like I said, um, I recently watched Invisible Target and Shaolin and I love both of those movies. Invisible Target was, was such a fun movie. And, um, and, uh, and it, and I, I was kind of I was kind of very very shocked at how no one really talks about that movie. I watched it and I was like, this movie is great. It's so much fun. There's a lot of crazy stunts that happen in Invisible Target. It's got some good fight scenes, great performances, especially from J.C. Chan, Jackie Chan's son. He's in that movie. Um, yeah, his performance is excellent in that movie. Um, but I was I was reading about Invisible Target. Hardly anyone really talks about it. it. It's you know, and whenever it came out, it had very mixed reviews, and I I just I don't understand it. <laughs> like I really don't I really don't get it. But I mean that sort of thing happens. You know, I mean there are a lot of movies that don't really get the they don't really get the kind of feedback that that yeah. people expect, and and then they just kind of drift off into into obscurity or something like that. But but yeah, Invisible Target was an excellent movie, and then Shaolin is also a really, really amazing movie. It's uh, Nicholas C is excellent in that film. Um, it's got a great performance from Jackie Chan, who's a who's a, a supporting character in that movie. We got to see Jackie like throughout the whole movie. Jackie acts like um, uh, he acts like he doesn't. Well, I'm not gonna say he acts like he doesn't know kung fu because the character probably didn't really know that much. Um, but the, his character didn't know kung fu. He was just a cook. But then at the very end in the big final fight scene, we do see him fight a little bit, you know, but uh, he's treating it more like he's making food. You know, he's right. thinking of it as like he's thinking of it as like he's preparing dinner, but he's still fighting, which was really cool to see. You know, we, we did get to see Jackie fight a little bit. I was worried it was going to be one of those things where I was like, oh, man, Jackie doesn't fight, <laughs> which, you know, Jackie's a great actor. You know, so, I mean, if he was just acting and not fighting, I, I guess I would be OK with that. But at the same time. It's Jackie Chan. I love to watch him fight, you know, because just because he he's made he's he's got his very own style of fight choreography, you know, making it funny, using the environment and stuff like that. So thankfully we did get to see him fight at the very end. And um and yeah, so Shaolin just a great movie. Benny Chan was an excellent director and we all we all miss him. Um But with that being said, I do I, I think um I think this movie I think he he, I want to say he went out on a good note. You know, it's good that, it's good that this was his last movie because again, it's great. We yeah. we really enjoyed this movie, and it's good that he, and it's good that you know, I, I guess you could say, he can rest easy knowing that he made an excellent movie. Um, but yeah. So anyway, with that out of the way, we're gonna go ahead and jump right into the story. So once again, this film stars Donnie Yen and Nicholas C. They are um. They're, that's, that's our hero and the villain. These two characters have a very deep history with each other and a very interesting relationship. So, um, so in the film, Donnie Yen plays a, uh, a police officer named Chung Sung Bong. Um, I am going to call him Chung in this because that's his last name. Um, in the, throughout the film, everyone just calls him Bong, but I can't. <laughs> I can't say without laughing. I can't say that without laughing. I just <laughs> it's like Bing Bong, you know. Yeah. It's like I, I hear that and I think of something like Bing Bong or something like that, or, or Bongo. I don't know, but <laughs> it's terrible. I'm sorry, um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I can't say it the straight face. Anyway, yeah, I'm just gonna call him Chung because that's his last name. So anyway, uh, yeah. So Chung, he is a very dedicated cop, police officer, very good at his job. 
He does, he's not the kind of guy who puts his job before everything else, though. He does have a wife who is pregnant, you know, so he's 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 a good husband that we see. He's eagerly waiting to be a father. Um, but on the other hand, he is a very stern, a very stern, dedicated cop. He does not, he doesn't take shit from anyone. You know, there are moments where people, where people like try to bribe him or blackmail him or corrupt him and he doesn't have any of it. Um, Nicholas C., on the other hand, you know, he was, um, we're going to dive into it a little bit later, but, you know, he was a cop who, who had a good heart, was a good guy, but in the end, he was kind of manipulated and yeah. then betrayed, basically. But at, but at the same time, you also see why it went, it went that way. And you don't feel, you feel, you feel bad for him at the same time. You also understand why like you know it's like there are consequences like i i mean i i understand your situation but you know there are consequences for your actions and that's exactly what happens here so um so anyway yeah uh back to the story uh donnie Ann's character chung he is um again very dedicated cop um however uh the brass you know the the the, the superior officers and stuff like that the brass uh, complains about him very frequently because of his conduct. Usually, uh, they say he goes too far, or you know, like he has a he has a history of, you know, of kind of roughing people up a, a bit too much, that sort of thing. Um, you know, and, and we learn this through uh, through one of his uh, fellow officers, whose name is Yu. Um, he, uh, which you know, that they're very close. Yu is like a mentor to him. We learn through Yu. You know, it's like, hey, these people keep complaining about you, that sort of thing. Uh, Chung doesn't care though, you know, he's, he's like, like they say, they say, you know, you will be like, uh, he tells him, it's been a couple of days since we watched, but I'm like already kind of forgetting, but he, uh, he tells him, he says, you know, uh, he, uh, the commissioner's complaining about you again, you know, and Chung's like, well, did you fix it? He said, yeah, I, I invited him to dinner and talk and kind of talk to him, you know, and he's like, great, I owe you one, that sort of thing. That's, it, it looks like that's kind of where, yeah. where each conversation goes. Like, every time they have to talk about this, that's kind of where it goes. He just expects you to, you to, like, just take the guy out to dinner and be like, hey, it's, it's okay, I'll talk to him, that sort of thing, you know? <laughs> so each time he's just like, I owe you one. And, um, so anyway, um, uh, Chung and, uh, Chung and you, they're, 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 they're uh, getting ready to go after a uh, a drug dealer named Wong Kwan. Uh, Wong Kwan is uh, a guy that they have been chasing for a long time. You know, um, so they, they they know that a major drug deal is going down with him as well as some uh, Vietnamese guys, right? Yeah. yeah so um, with uh, with like some Vietnamese drug dealers, they know this deal is going down, and so they need you know they're they're telling their teams like we we're going after this guy. He's he's here. We think, you know, we think he's hiding out here. So, um, right after this little meeting gets done, uh, Chung gets a call from his friend Bo. And, uh, Bo says, uh, says, you know, he needs him to meet him at this restaurant. Chung goes to the restaurant. Bo is there waiting for him. And, uh, not only is Bo waiting for him, a whole bunch of other superior officers are waiting there as well. They are trying to they are trying to talk Chung out of filing this police report. Apparently, this really rich guy has a son who beat up this other dude pretty badly. And, um, you know, and, and Chung is the one who filed the report and everything. But they're trying to they're trying to bribe him to not file the report because, you know, he's a rich guy, you know, and that's just what happens. You know, money, corruption, that sort of thing. Um, 
So yeah, they're trying to bribe him. Chung, of course, like I like I said earlier, he doesn't take shit from anybody, and he's just like, no, I'm not. He said, I'm filing the report. You know, I don't care. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna. Like, you're not going to trick me or, or, like, try to use me or anything like that. It's one of those things, like, uh, you're going to regret it. Like, yeah, okay. And, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, what's funny is he does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe not. He maybe probably doesn't regret making that decision. Yeah. But at the same time, he also probably, fe- he also, like, feels like, you know, what happens is kind of because of that. Right. You know, that sort of thing. So, yeah. It just goes sideways from there i guess you could say yeah so uh so yeah chung refuses refuses this, this bribe from the superior officers and this you know this very rich man um and then we get our introduction to uh nicholas C's character whose name is uh yao kong ingo we'll call him yao um uh so yeah we get our introduction to yao um and he's got a he's got his team like it, it's uh there's like what six of them i think i believe five so. or six <laughs> um there's like five or six of them and uh and we see you know, these guys are armed to the teeth. They got a lot of weapons and stuff like that. And we don't know exactly what's going on, but we know they're planning something big. And Yao is, like, telling all, all his guys, he's like, none of you better screw this up. You know, <laughs> like, he is very serious. And, um, and so, um, and so, uh, uh, Chung and his and his uh, his team they're getting ready to like they're 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 at the police station they're fixing the they're fixing the arm up and get out there and go after Wang Quan. Turns out their unit has been taken off the case, which is directly because Chung refused to be bribed by those off by the the higher ups. You know, yep. yeah. So um, so they uh so yeah, Chung and his team have been taken off the case. Uh, so Chung calls you. You is taking another team out there, and it's it's kind of funny because when he calls him, you answers the phone, and he's like, "Where are you?" He's like, "What like, is your location? location?" Yeah, what's your location? <laughs> and he's he said, "I can't tell you." <laughs> he said, "He's like, what do you mean you can't tell?" Me? Yeah, <laughs> said they said they 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 told me not to tell you, you know, that sort of thing. So um, so um, I love how he just keeps saying. Location. 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 <laughs> Location. It's a, he just keeps wanting to know. But um but you and uh you and this other team, they go in they find Wong Kwan at this uh this uh this like factory. Um it was yeah, it was like a it was like a type of factory. It's kinda like off on the Yeah, on the, some like sort, in, yeah. In, like in the water or whatever, yeah. like in the bay. Um so uh so yeah, they, they they go to they go to this factory where Wong Kwan and his gang are hiding out. Um but right when they get there, Yao's gang shows up. Like Yao and his gang, it turns out this is the big deal they were talking about. They show up and they just kill everybody. They mess everything up. Yeah, they they just <laughs> they just they just came and they wrecked shop. They kicked ass, killed everybody, um, and they stole Wan Quan's drugs. You know, so um, however, uh, right before they left, um, one of uh, uh one of Wong, uh, not Wong Kwan, sorry, one of Yao's gangsters, uh, whose name is Chu, he takes Wong Kwan's watch. Remember that. We're gonna come back to that in a minute. Uh, he takes Wong Kwan's watch. So after, after they kill Wong Kwan's gang, they start making their way up, and then all the cops show up. Yu is there, and, um, and then big shootout happens, and Yu gets killed, as well as most of the other cops. Yeah. Some of them survive, but many of them are killed. Um, uh, Chung gets there and, you know, obviously very angry, you know, because his his best friend, his mentor is dead. All these other cops are dead. Um, 
uh, we cut back to Yao and his gang. They are delivering the drugs that they stole from Wong Kun to this other guy. We do not know who he is just yet. Um, and then through a um, through his, through a series of flashbacks, like ab- after the after Yao and his gang sell the drugs to this other guy, um, we spend the next several minutes in in flashback land, basically. Um, through a series of flashbacks, we learn that Yao was a cop. Uh, him and Chung were. I guess partners. Um, um, and, th- and this was a, uh, this was three years ago. I think yeah. like, like where the setting is now where the flashbacks are three years prior to this. So three years before, um, Yao and Chung are told that this, uh, this, this very rich banker guy named, uh, folk Sutong has been kidnapped. And, uh, one of the guys who was involved was Wong Kwan the guy. They were the guy that they were chasing at the beginning of the movie. And, um, so yeah, this guy, Folk Tong was kidnapped. Wong Kun is one of the suspects. And then there was another suspect who was working with Wong Kun who was called Coke. And I'm not talking about the soda. <laughs> um, such a, such a name. It's an on the nose Such a name. code name. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so, uh, Yao and his team, they find, uh, by the way, uh, uh, the gang that Yao leads now, like in in this present time, the, they were all cops as well. Like we see these guys in the flashbacks in the flashbacks too. Um, excuse me. Um, so Yao and his team they find Coke and they're on this rooftop. It's raining everywhere and um, and they are roughing this guy up pretty bad. They're beating him up, and that is because Yao got a phone call from a guy named uh, Sato Kit. He is one of the higher ups. Like he, he's one of the superior officers. He calls Yao and he says, "He says, do whatever you got to do. Like we need to find this guy. Like if he knows where he is, make him tell you. Like we need to find him. I don't care. I don't care what you have to do. Just do it. I'll cover for you. Like I'll take the heat. So yeah, they start beating the hell out of, out of this dude." out of coke they start beating the hell out of him and he tells them where where folks Tong is and the other police officers find him and um and then this 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 fight breaks out between coke and then yao's team and uh and uh chung he uh he arrives on the scene and he sees them kill him they like he tries to stop them but he doesn't get there in time and uh yao and his team they kill they kill this guy so um so in the flashback, it kind of stops there for a little bit, and then we get back to um we get back to the present day. Chung is investigating um what happened to Wong Kwan's drugs because they know his drugs were stolen. So they're investigating, trying to find out what happened to the drugs, who they were sold to, because his stuff is still being, uh, Wong Kwan's stuff is still being, what's the word, shopped around, you right. know um. You know, like a, a lot of other drug dealers and users and stuff like that have been buying his stuff, and so they're they're like trying to figure out who's selling it. They find out that the drugs have are being sold by a guy called Guai. Um, and so Chung and his team they go to uh, they go to Guai's hideout and they find him and um and Guai you know is, is of course once again there are instances where Donnie's character Chung is trying to, they try to bribe him or just like try to give him money or whatever to look the other way. Guai does this. He gives him a whole sack of money and says, here, like, how's that? Is that enough? And he, <laughs> Chung, he just takes it and just like throws it, you know, it's like, I don't want your money. <laughs> um, 
and then huge shootout happens. And this is this is like our first fight scene. I thought this was really cool. You yeah. know, the fight scene is the fight scene. The hand to hand fighting we get was pretty creative. I, you know, so uh, they all go in there wearing like the cops. They all go in there wearing Kevlar vests. Uh, Chung he takes his off and wraps it around his arm. And then, but he's using that to kind of like push himself into the crowd because like a whole bunch of drug heads like come into like the the little office where they were. Guai is trying to escape, um, but all these other junkies they come in there and Donnie's got his Kevlar vest wrapped around his arm and he's trying to push them away. And then he he pulls out a can of mace and then just sprays it at them, which I was uh, <laughs> I got maced once. It hurt. <laughs> It it burns so bad. It was just a little bit. It wasn't anything crazy, but yeah, it burns. So I know I how that feels. I don't know if you've ever told me that story. Yeah, I'll tell you that off. I'll tell off you that off, off the mic. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, he's fighting all these guys. Um, uh, Gwai, uh, like I said, Gwai is trying to escape. Chung pursues him, and they 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 like land in this kind of like underground tunnel. They fight for a bit. Gwai gets away, and uh, he starts running down the road. Right at this moment, when we were watching this, and he starts and Chung starts chasing him down the road. I was like, he's gonna get hit by a car. Yeah. <laughs> when you know, you it, always know. <laughs> when you know it, he got hit by a car. The car was being driven by one of Yao's guys too. Um. So yeah, Gwai gets killed. And, you know, that, that was basically their only lead here. You know, yeah. like, like, like he, he, you know, the, we were going to try to make this guy tell us where he got the drugs and like what, and who killed Wong Kwan, who killed all those cops and everything. And now he's dead. Um, uh, sometime later, uh, Chung, he runs into Yao. You know, we, we finally get to see these two guys together and, and, uh, immediately we see that there's a lot of animosity between the two of them. You know, we, we do not know yet what is going on with them because, um, like Yao and Chung, they're, they're being cordial, you know, but then Yao's friends, they're, they're being very, very rude and very mean to him. Like, uh, so they're at a cemetery. They're paying their respects to this other guy named Bill, who was also a cop. We, and we learn, we learn later that Bill was a part of Yao's team and he killed himself, you know, which, you know, we'll explain why in a little bit. Um, but, um, but, you know, uh, Chung, of course, does not suspect that Yao is actually the one who was behind all this just yet. Um, but, you know, he's telling, he's telling Yao, he's, he says, you know, uh, a whole bunch of other cops were killed. I know the, I know the killers are out there. I'm going to find them, that sort of thing. Um, and then we get another flashback and this is kind of where everything, everything's revealed. Everything falls into place. We find out what happened exactly. So after we're back at flashback, flashback land, uh, after Yao and his team killed Coke, they, they are put on trial for murder. Yeah. You know, because again, they killed him. They, they, they killed the suspect. So they're put on trial for murder and, um, and, Chung is one of the guys who testified. He wasn't the only one, though. Chung testified as well as Sato Kid, who was the superior officer who told Yao to, you know, do do whatever you got to do. And, um, of course, Sato Kid, he throws all these guys under the bus, you know, which, you know. He says. Of course, you know. Basically, I told them to do what they needed to, but I didn't say to kill them. 
I didn't say to kill him. Yeah. I said, do whatever you have to. Yeah, he he kind of just he's, he's, yeah, he's twists like, his words around. Yeah, he's, he said, I told them that we needed to find this guy quickly, but I never said to kill him. You know, like, like but, but, you know, of course they're saying, you know, of course, like, Yao and his team, they're all saying, you know, that's, that's bullshit. You told us to do whatever we had to do. Like you, like you, you, you kind of just egged us on about it. Uh, but yeah, Sato Kid, he throws these guys under the bus. Chung testifies and he tells them exactly what he saw. You know, he yeah. said, I, he said, I, I saw him, I saw them kill him, you know, and that's basically it. You know, he, he, like he, he, that's all he really saw. He didn't really know what conversations took place. He just came in and saw them beating the hell out of him and then killing him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, of course, Chung's testimony, as well as Sato Kid throwing these guys under the bus, th- these guys lose their jobs and go to jail. Basically, they wanted him to lie and say that he didn't see it. Or that's, yeah, what you, kept, that's what you get from like the look. They kept giving him that look, like like please lie for us, but he doesn't. You know, Chung tells the truth. But if you notice, like Yao, like never loses his cool. He's just sitting there like Yeah, his fr- his friends like, are the ones that were losing it. <laughs> he's just sitting there like patiently waiting to see what he's gonna say. Now when he says yes, you can see he's like fuck. Yeah. He's like, no. <laughs> yeah. So um so yeah, that that's where we find so yeah, here we now know what's going on. We know we know the history between Chung and Yao. We know why Yao is doing what he's doing. Um and we also learned that Bill, you know, the officer who died we learned that he was also one of the he was one of the other cops who was involved in 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 Coke's murder and um whenever whenever Chung and the others testified against them he felt betrayed and he killed himself yeah you know which which that's why that's why there's so much animosity between Yao's friends and Chung because Chung testified against them in that they kick his flowers out the way and yeah. they're like you don't deserve to put those there yeah so um. So anyway, back to uh, back to the present day, we see one of Yao's uh, uh, one of Yao's friends, Chu. Like we said earlier in the film, whenever the drug bust was going on, Chu stole Wang Quan's watch because he just really liked the watch. Um, uh, no, because he's a dumbass. That's yeah, because he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, and and what's and and what makes him look even dumber is that he gives the watch to a girl. Like he he's at this club and he he meets this girl and he really likes her, but um, and they've been seeing each other for a while, you know, apparently. But it turns out that this woman has been cheating on him, and Chu gets very angry and kills her. But right before he did that, he gave her the watch, and she was wearing it. <laughs> Again, this guy, this guy is ruled by his emotion, you know, and uh. Yeah. So, um... Let's think of all, if you're the girl, you're stupid, too, because you left the pictures on your phone, like, for the world yeah, he to saw, see. Yeah, he saw pictures. So, 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 yeah, he saw the pictures and everything. So, really, you had it coming, if we're being honest? Uh, no. No? <laughs> I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say she had it coming. She, well, well, she did when she started insulting him. She called him all these things about yeah. talking about his burn on his face, yeah. and she started like insulting him left and right. Oh yeah, okay. He just lost it. Oh, yeah, no, I yeah, I wouldn't say she had it coming, but it's definitely it's probably one uh, one of those moments where he's like, "What did you expect?" You know, of course yeah. he's gonna lash out. Um, but yeah, so he kills her and then throws the body in the, I guess the river. I don't really know. It was water, you yeah. know, but obviously the bay. In the bay. <laughs> Yeah, sitting on the dock of the bay. <laughs> so yeah, he he throws the, he throws the body in there, and uh, wouldn't you know it, the cops find the body, 
And, um, and they also, like, since they found the body, by definition, they also find the watch. They know that's Wong Kwan's watch. So they, so they know, you know, it's like, okay, so the people who killed Wong Kwan and stole the drugs are the same guys who killed this woman. So, um, so, um, Chung, he knows Yao and his gang were involved. Like, he, he just knows it. He's got a gut feeling. Yeah. He knows it. So, um, so, uh. Then we cut back to uh, Yao. Um, Chung, uh, Chung and his team, they know they know Yao is somehow involved, so now they're going out to find him. We cut back to Yao. He is meeting with this guy named Ma, um, Ma Kao Wing, who's played by the legendary Ken Lo. For those of you guys who do not know, Ken Lo is the guy who kicks Carter in Rush Hour 1. <laughs> he says, which one of y'all kicked me? He says, me. That was Ken Lo. He was a great martial artist. He had an amazing fight scene with Jackie Chan in Drunken Master 2. He's a great kicker. Um... So, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, Ken Lo's character, Ma Kao Wing, he is, he is, um, him and Yao's gang, they're arranging a deal, you know, he's, uh, he's telling me, you know, I got all these weapons, I got whatever you need. We do not know exactly what they're planning, though. They're doing, they're, 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 they're arranging some kind of deal, you know, so they're going to do something together. Um, uh, so after the meeting is over, Yao and his gang are leaving, Chung shows up, as well as his team, and uh, they start chasing after him. Huge car chase ensues. You know, Yao is on a motorcycle, and then we got, you know, we got, uh, we got <laughs> Chung's driving. We got Chung in a, a soccer mom van. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm surprised. Excuse me, I'm surprised it goes that fast. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Whenever I play Sleeping Dogs, and I drive, I never drive a minivan. Yeah. You can hijack cars in Sleeping Dogs, the video game, and uh, I never steal a van because. <laughs> Those things are so slow. I would not be able to keep up with anybody in those. So I'm surprised the minivan is as fast as it is in uh, in this scene. I like how he's driving, and then the other one looks at him, and he goes, What did you do? Like, he, like, knows, like, oh, yeah, he you did. did something. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, there are two guys. Um, They see they see two of Yao's guys in a car. Chu is one of them. Chu is the one who killed the girl. And the other one is this guy named Wa. Um... And Wa has a wife and has a wife and kid, and yeah. they, they kind of use that against him later. But um, but anyway, um, so yeah, they see Chu and Wa in a car. They start going after him, and Wa asks Chu. He says, "What did you do?" And Chu says, "I'm so sorry." <laughs> he's like, like, "I am so sorry." Like, okay, that's he's like, he's, that's great. <laughs> yeah, like great man. Like, you, like see what you've done. So um, so uh, yeah, uh, Chu and Yao and the others get away. Wa, however, gets caught. They arrest him. And there's a and, and then they book in this chase by Donnie or Chung rather, um, uh, Chung unrealistically saving a child. It was a complete denial of reality here. It so was. what happens <laughs> is they're they're fixing to hit this this guy who's got a son. They're fixing to hit him in the car, but Donnie or, or Chung, you know, that's his character's name, sorry. Uh Chung, he like leaps out of the car grabs the kid and springs does like a back spring off of this other car back flips and then lands on the van right before it hits where the kid was standing and i was like okay uh, that yeah, was, again that, that was, was cool looking but that was too much that was a complete <laughs> denial of reality i was like how does he like leap out and then do it that quickly no <laughs> it doesn't happen <laughs> oh geez yeah anyway so um so Yao, uh, or not Yao, sorry, Chung arrests Wa back at Yao's hideout. He kills Chu, you know, um, 
you know. You can tell he is pissed. And he starts off by just like beating him up, and then Chu's like, "Is he's like, I'm sorry, you know, like we need to go save Wa. They've got him." And and uh, Yao is like, he's like saying, you know, don't worry about uh, Wa. He's not gonna talk. Um, and then he and then he kills Chu. You know, because why wouldn't he? Yeah, you know. <laughs> like, like he he got him into this mess. So um, so uh. So yeah, anyway, they they killed Chu and then they just they just throw his body somewhere. I I don't even remember where they threw it. They 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 dumped his body somewhere. Cops did find it eventually. They wanted they wanted them to find it though. Um. Anyway. Uh. Uh. So. Um. So Yao and the rest of his gang they they go to the police station because again Wa is there. He's being interrogated. Um. You know, and they're like trying to use his wife and wife and kid as leverage. Like you got a wife and kid. You know, tell us. You know, the cops are telling him, you know, like, help us out here, you know, and you'll, you'll, you'll be able to see them again, that sort of thing. Um, but then Yao and his friends show up to, uh, you know, and they're there to quote unquote report a case, you know, they just keep saying, I'm here to report a case, you know, so, you know, they're saying, uh, Chu is missing, like our friend Chu, you know, uh, which again, you know, they planted the buy somewhere where the cops would find it, you know, um, but you know, then we get we do get to we do get a really inter- a really great scene, very intriguing scene between Chung and Yao, like in the interrogation room. Like we like at first they start off like kind of friendly. You know, they're talking about you know whenever whenever they were both cops, like whenever Yao was like a rookie and stuff like that. They're having coffee and stuff, but then it just gets kind of, it gets like really intense. Um, you know, and um, while that is going on. Uh, Chung's wife, who is a dancer, like we see her at a, at a, at a, she's like a ballerina, right? I think she's like a dance instructor. Yeah. 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 She, she, she's at the, she's at this dance studio teaching a class. Yeah. And, um, while, uh, while Chung and Yao are like having this interrogation moment, uh, Chung's wife is at the dance studio and then Sato Kit comes in and he's got a bomb around his neck. He's like, he, he's, it's a, we got a suicide bomb here going on. Um, uh, Chung uh, finds out that, uh, that Kit is at the, is at the studio with a bomb and his wife is there and he, and he punches Yao, which. <laughs> and he just laughs it off. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so anyway, they, they, uh, they just let they they let Yao and his friends go, and they let Wa go as well. But you know, of course, now the priority is to get to get to uh get to Chung's wife. Um, so they get uh, so uh, Chung and his team bomb squad. They all get to the uh, excuse me, the dance studio, and uh, uh, Kit he tells Chung the truth. He tells him he says three years ago. It was my fault. I I antagonized him. I I antagonized Yao. I told him, I told him, you know, to do whatever it took to find to find a folks who tong, and it was my fault. You know, um, he's, he's like, and then and then I lied in court. You know, so, um, and uh, and then uh, uh, Yao and his gang, they're all like watching this because uh, kid has like a. Um, he had like a camera on the bomb. Yeah, it's yeah. like hooked to his shirt, like a body cam. Yeah. So, so they were they were like off in a field watching this whole thing happen, and um, and uh, and Yao he tells Chung like he's got he's got like a microphone. He tells Chung um that uh 
that the the bomb is connected to uh to Kit's pulse, you know. So if his pulse stops, um, then uh, then the bomb blows. Yeah. And um, and the bomb squad tries to come in. Chung shoots at them though, you know, because his wife is there. His wife is in danger, you know. So I, you know, just kind of out of, I guess out of what's the word or out of frustration or just his reaction, you know, yeah, he, he, he wants, he the... wants to save his wife. He pulls his gun and shoots at the bomb squad. Um, he is able to disarm the bomb, but then right after he disarms it, a sniper shoots kid and kills him. Yeah. And then, um, and, and, and the bomb, it doesn't go off. It like shuts down, but then Yao reactivates it and it blows. And, um, Chung's wife is, is injured, you know, and, and remember she's pregnant, you know, so, um, we go, we cut to the hospital, Chung's wife, Chung is there waiting for his, his wife to see if his wife is okay, uh, the doctor comes out and says, she, she's stable, you know, like her blood pressure is like spiking and stuff like that, but she is stable, you know, she's okay, um, and then internal affairs shows up, you know, and internal affairs, of course, led by Simon Yam, who is a great actor. Um, he uh, he's he's worked with Donnie many times, like in it, it Mon one and two, uh, SPL or Kill Zone, um, all great movies. He's a great actor. Um, excuse me. Um, the uh, but yeah, internal affairs shows up, and they and they are um, they need to talk to Chung about why he fired at the bomb squad. You know, so they're interrogating him. You know. Um, Chung's team, they all come in and, um, you know, and, and they're like telling internal affairs, you know, like to, to, to show mercy, you know, like, like we can all vouch for him. But um, anyway, so Chung and internal affairs, they, they start talking and he has to explain to them why he fired at the bomb squad, you know, and he says, he says, I was trying to save my wife, you know, and he says, I, I think he tells me, you know, I, I think if, if any of you were in that situation, you would have done the same thing. Um, and then, but then he goes on to tell them that, you know, the people that are responsible for this, the ones who killed all the other cops, he said, they're still out there. I need to catch them. And, um, and Simon Yam's character, he says, says, you know what? I'm not feeling very well today. Like, we'll pick this up tomorrow. But that's the thing, you know, he says, he says, you know, Officially, you're still a cop for the next 24 hours. So do what you got to do. Yeah. So, so go get those fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and so he's like, thank you. All right, let's do this. Let's go, let's go, go catch us some bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, anyway, uh, Chung, he, uh, so him and his unit, they go after Yao. Um, we see, um, uh, we go back, we see Yao and Ken Lo's character, um, Ken Lo has decided to break ties with them. He's like, you know what? I found, I found a different partner. I found someone else to do business with. So thanks, but no thanks. I don't need you guys. And, uh, Yao and his gang, they kill all of them, which it, we, it, this is another very quick fight scene, which is, it's, it's good. You know, I mean, we see, uh, I mean, Yao, he stabbed Ken Lo right in the toe. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 I don't, which one was it? Um, I believe... It's like the middle, middle toe. The middle or, uh, like the... (laughs) I love how we're focusing on which toe it was. I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, I want to say it was the one, I guess you would call it the ring toe, I guess. The one next to the pinky toe? Yeah, Yeah, I guess that's what you would call it. There you go. Um, but yeah, he, yeah, he like stabs him right through the ring toe 
and you know cuts him up with a knife. Nicholas C is really good with a knife. He he's there's a lot of knife fighting from him, like from him mm-hmm. in this movie. He's very good with it. Um so um so anyway, um after after Yao and his gang kill Ken Lo, Ken Lo's character and all his buddies, they go after folks from Tong. You know, remember the banker who um who kind of got him into all this mess yeah. three years ago. He testified at their trial as well, but he um he just had to like he didn't really know anything. Like he he's in and 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 didn't really do them any favors either. And so um so Yao and his game, they find him and they kill him and take all of his money. And so um and so Right after, right as they're making their escape, Chung and all his gang, uh, team, excuse me, all of his, his team, they show up, huge shootout ensues on, in the city, like right in the middle of the city, and this was a really good shootout, um, you know, but, you know, cops die, many of Yao's, Yao's, uh, other, other friends die, we see another moment with Wa, with Wa, you know, they try to, uh, again, they're like trying to tell me, think of your wife and son, and, you know, but then, um, you know, he, he gets blown up. <laughs> he, like he had, he, he pulls a, pulls a grenade, but then he gets like thrown right on top of it and then it blows up. Um, and then, uh, so, uh, Chung, he chases Yao right into a, uh, a church that is still being built. Like they go in cause it's still under construction, you know? And, uh, and then our big final fight ensues right here in the church. And this is a great fight scene. You know, Donnie Yen is, the best when it comes to like realistic fight scenes because mm-hmm. you know, we see him doing like a lot of MMA in in these movies like in in you know uh, aside from Raging Fire a lot a lot of other movies that he does stuff like this in is like Kung Fu uh excuse me Kung Fu Jungle SPL Flashpoint uh Big Brother stuff like that you know so he um so he's definitely the best when it comes to like realistic fight scenes uh and, you know and then we get what I felt was a callback to SPL when uh when Nicholas C pulls out the two butterfly knives mm-hmm. and then Donnie pulls out a baton, mm-hmm. you know, which just like in, in SPL, Donnie fought Wu Jing's character Jack, who had a knife, and he was using a baton. I love stuff like that. Yeah. For me, this was a callback to that. And then that might have been you know, they might have saw it that way too. So um so yeah, we, we get so we get like the police baton against the butterfly knives. Um Nicholas C at one point pulls out his huge sledgehammer and just starts like hitting everything in sight um uh um and then um uh chung he gets stabbed through the hand which i was like i remember so uh so uh yao he like launches at chung with a with a knife but then chung he just puts his hand out and lets him get stabbed right lets himself get stabbed right through the hand who does that (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't do that why would you do that to yourself he just lets himself get stabbed through the hand but it's okay because chung retaliates by breaking yao's arm which looked ugly yeah (laughs) got him in an arm bar and snapped it right at the elbow that was a (laughs) yeah and his arms like dangling for the rest of it. That was ugh, no. Yeah, he's he's like <laughs> laying on his side and he's trying to move, but his arm is just like dangling as he's laying uh-huh. on the stairs. Yeah, but um, it's a great fight scene too. I love how um, there's one moment where um, where Yao he's kicking Chung like in the leg, like doing like an oblique kick. It's like you know, kick right to like the the thigh or the knee, mm. and 
Chung counters it by by using a Superman punch, which was very clever. You yeah. know, like because you know, whenever you're doing a Superman punch, it you, you fake a kick and then you launch off of it and throw a punch. You know, so I I like how he did that. That was very clever. And you know, and again, the sledgehammer spot was also really cool because, um. Because, like, I don't know, it, it's the sound effects. Like, because you, you, like, feel each time. Like, he doesn't actually, like, hit Chung with the sledgehammer, but he's, like, hitting the ground and everything else. And all the sound effects are just, like, like oh, God, I hope he doesn't hit him. <laughs> because the, cause it sounds it sounds yeah. very bad. Um, um, you know, and then uh, Chung even, like, picks up, picks up, like, this big pipe. And we get, like, sledgehammer versus pipe. Um, you know, and, and once again, that arm bar spot was... Was nasty. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. Uh, after after Chung breaks Yao's arm, a whole bunch of snipers show up. You know, and they've all got their guns on Yao. And um, you know, in in Yao's final words, like he tells Chung, like these are his these are his famous last words. He says, says uh, you know, he says you know three years ago, if if you had been in if you had been in my spot and I was in yours. Like, would we still be here, but, like, on on opposite sides? Like, would our fates be reversed? You know, that sort of thing. And then Yao kills himself. Like, he stands up, like, on this platform. or It was, like, a piano, I think. Yeah, um, he, like, jumps back and he fall, lands through he, these. He, like, falls back and lands on this, this like, thing. I think what he was trying to do, because we don't see him do it. He falls back, but then it cuts away to Chung just walking off. Um, I think just just strictly eyeballing it i think he was like trying to fall back and break his neck because there was like this thing where his head lands on mm. so i think he was like trying to fall back and break his own neck um but yeah like i said right as he's doing it it cuts away to chung just walking off and then um excuse me and then the end credits roll and the film is of course dedicated to the legendary Benny Chan, and that is Raging Fire. This, like I said, this is a great movie. We 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 highly enjoyed this movie, and I had been waiting for Donnie to do something like this. I had been waiting for him to do like a very large scale action movie. Yeah, he hasn't done a lot of those in the last several years. He's been doing a lot of other stuff, you know. In uh, two years ago, he was working on Ip Man, Ip Man Four, which was the last Ip Man movie, you know, and then he was doing stuff like. You know, he was in stuff like Rogue One or, you know, Triple X to Return to Xander Cage. You know, so he was doing, like, a lot of other stuff. It, it had been a while before he did, it's just, it's just in my eyes, uh, if, if I'm missing something, unless. But it had been a while before he had done, like, a very large-scale action movie with, like, these MMA-style fight scenes and stuff like that. And I think that this was a very, a very nice uh, reintroduction to that for him. You know, and, and as well as, like, for us to just to see what he can do. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and yeah, once again, I thought this was a great movie. I highly enjoyed it. I, I do think there could have been more fights because again, there really wasn't that many. There was mm -hmm. only like three of them. Two of them are very brief. <laughs> and, um, I just, yeah, again, I think it would probably would have benefited more from, from more fights. But, but with that being said, this was still a, a very, a very entertaining movie. Um, and, and I do think they probably could have, they they probably could have maybe wrapped up more in some spots. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Like with his wife, we know his wife is still alive, but it's like, okay, did she, did she, did she pull through? Did she have the baby? Like what's going on? Yeah. You know? And then, and then, you know, we don't see, you know, again, like the whole internal affairs thing, you know, he, 
they told him, you know, you got 24 hours. Was he going to be a cop? Yeah, you know, so what, what happened the next day? Did he keep his job? You know, we, we'll, we'll never know. But, but you know, it, it's 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 one of those ambiguous endings. It's left open yeah. to interpretation, you know. But, but yeah, that is, uh, that is Raging Fire. And, uh, again, great movie. We highly enjoyed this movie. Uh, Benny Chan did a very good job with this film. Went out on a good note. Um, uh, you know, and... I'll just say, you know, we're we're, we're going to miss him because he, he made some truly great movies. Movies that I will definitely be talking about in the future, you know, which, speaking of future, with that out of the way, it's now time to talk about, real quick, what to expect from Caleb's Kung Fu Cinema throughout 2022. There's a lot of big stuff coming, guys. Uh, but before, before we get to the good, we, of course, have to address the bad. <laughs> John Wick 4, my friends, has been pushed back another year, which is... Very unfortunate because, you know, we, uh, the film was supposed to be out in May of this year, I think, May of yeah. 2022. And, uh, about, it's been about a month now. Last month they announced that John Wick 4 has been pushed back another year. It will not be out until 2023. I was having a very bad day at work that day. And, and, and to pull out my phone on my break and then see that the film had been pushed back another year, I was like, Damn it. <laughs> this day was already terrible and now I got to wait another year for John Wick 4. I was really looking forward to it, you know, because it's it's got an amazing cast. It's not just Keanu Reeves, but we got Donnie Yen, we got Scott Atkins, we got Hiroyuki Sonata, we got Marcos Aurora. It's it's shaping up to be an excellent movie and it's unfortunate that we have to wait another year, but it is what it is. On the other hand, we do still have a lot of other exciting stuff coming out. We got uh, Gareth Evans' new film, Havoc. Gareth Evans, for those who do not know, he directed the Raid films, and he directed Marantau, directed a great TV show called Gangs of London. Um, but yeah, he's got a new film coming out very soon called Havoc. It's going to be a Netflix film. Tom Hardy is in that film. Um, it's uh, Yeah, I'm very excited for Havoc. I do plan on talking about that whenever it does come out. There is no release date for it yet, but whenever that does, whenever that comes to light, hopefully it's in 2022. Um, but yeah, whenever that comes to light, I will definitely be watching it and talking about it because Gareth Evans is an amazing director and Tom Hardy is an amazing actor, you know, so I'm very excited for Havoc. Excuse me. And then, um, and then uh, also coming out very soon, we... Hopefully very soon. And once again, we do not have a do not have a release date for this. That is Wu Assassin's Fistful of Vengeance. This is the follow up movie to season one of the Netflix show Wu Assassins. Um, and obviously, by definition, this film Fistful of Vengeance will be a Netflix movie. Um, but yeah, like I said, this is going to be a follow up to season one of Wu Assassins, a show that we enjoyed. It was a very good show. Um, I'm excited for this movie. You know, we got Eco Wyas and Louis Tan coming back. And uh, we got uh, some other great actors joining the cast, like Jason Tobin and Simon Cook. Uh, Jason Tobin was in Warrior, like the TV show. And he, uh, Simon Cook, um, he was in Itmon 3. He's the Muay Thai guy that Itmon fights, like, in the elevator and then down the stairs. It's a great fight scene. Um, but, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited for Fistful of Vendors. Hopefully that comes out. This year, like I hope, I hope they don't tell us the release date is twenty twenty three because then I'll have to fill like two more spots because yeah. I have spots for Havoc and Fistful of Vengeance on this year's schedule. So hopefully they don't say both those movies are pushed back to twenty twenty three as well because then I gotta fill the spots. <laughs> but um, 
Other than that, that, that's just new stuff. We do have a lot of other stuff that we're going to be talking about this year. A lot of classics, a lot of very, a lot of uh, very good modern films. You know, I do, I do plan on talking about some classic stuff like The Prodigal Son. There's a Blu-ray of that coming out very soon, um, and then other stuff like Odd Couple, and um, excuse me, and uh, you know, Chinese Boxer and stuff like that. And we're going to be talking about some modern films as well, like Invisible Target. You know, I mentioned that earlier. Benny Chan directed Invisible Target. It's a great movie. A very underrated one, in my opinion. And I really wanted to talk about this one this year. So later this year, we're going to cover Invisible Target. And then last but certainly not least, we do have, um, we do still have our YouTube channel in the works. Caleb's Kung Fu Cinema is coming to YouTube. I plan on having our first YouTube video up at the end of the month. You know, so probably the last week of January, we're going to have our first YouTube video up. I will brief you guys on that um, on my Facebook and my Instagram, as well as our very next episode um, of when, like when exactly our first YouTube video will be out. But uh, just to give you guys a taste, I'm basically going to be doing, or I'm going to be using, excuse me, the YouTube channel for stuff like reaction videos, like I'll, I'll watch, you know, I'll react to uh, react to some fight scenes and stuff like that, or some trailers for upcoming action films. I'll do unboxing videos and stuff like that, and maybe some book reviews. Um, I will not be. I currently do not plan to post full podcast episodes on the YouTube channel. I want. I I, I would like to do. I would like the YouTube channel to be something different, kind of like a spinoff, a spinoff of sorts of the podcast. But yeah, YouTube channel basically is going to have reactions and unboxings and stuff like that. But we're very excited. So towards the end of the month, we are going to have our first video. I'll give you guys an exact date very soon. Um, and then lastly, episode 33, which is obviously up next because this is episode 32. Uh, episode 33 is going to be out on January 22nd, 2022. We are going to be discussing the very first John Wick film. I was, uh, again, this was in anticipation of John Wick 4, which has been pushed back. But I'm still going to talk about the first one because I love the first John Wick. And we're going to have two very special guests, uh, Cal the Kaiju Guy and Kid Kong himself, Chris are going to be back in the studio. We're going to, we're all going to sit down, talk about the incredible movie that is John Wick. So yeah, episode 33, January 22nd, we're going to be talking John Wick. And, uh, once again, don't forget to follow us on uh, Facebook and Instagram, facebook.com slash Kung Fu Cinema 9. Instagram name is, uh, Caleb the Kung Fu Fanatic. And, uh, once again, Caleb's Kung Fu Cinema is also on Letterboxd. I haven't, um, I haven't started doing anything on Letterboxd just yet. I will soon. I am working on making a list or a couple of lists on Letterboxd and review and doing some very quick written reviews of some of my favorite Kung Fu films. Um, a list I do have in the works for my Letterboxd is I'm going to be doing a list of my favorite Kung Fu bashers. So if you guys are on Letterboxd, uh, make sure you follow me. The username is Caleb Kung Fu Fan. Um, and if you don't have Letterboxd, it's free to download. So you can just download it and follow me then. Um, but yeah, Letterboxd is Caleb Kung Fu fan. So that's it for today, guys. Thanks as always for listening. Um, we wish you all a very happy and safe year. We hope everyone has had fun throughout the holidays, had a very uh, safe new year. Um, but yeah, here's to 2022. So thanks a lot, guys. Until January 22nd, where we talk about John Wick. That's episode 33. Take care, guys.